Welcome to episode four of On The Drive. I'm Grace Walbing and I'm here with my co-host Taylor Ferns and we have a very special guest today, Giovanni Seltzi. He is a full-time outlaw for the second year in a row and we're really excited to chat with you today. What, what do you think, Taylor? Taylor? Yeah, no, I'm excited to <laughs> chat with you. This is my first time meeting you today. Yep. So excited to learn more about you. Absolutely. Yeah, Thank you for having me. Yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> so we're going to get into Florida Speed Weeks, but I have a burning question, actually a follow-up question to ask you. Okay. About a week ago, I asked you why your nickname was Hot Sauce. Yep. And you told me you'd ask your dad why that's your nickname. Did you find out? I did not. I spoke to him this morning. I, I failed on that task I was supposed to do. But no, I just, he, he was always one to call me goofy nicknames when I was younger. That one kind of stuck. Yeah, so. man. Well, that's, well, that's how, it, that's where it begins. We need to make up something behind yeah. it. Like, I love hot sauce or something stupid. Then people are going to bring me shit with hot sauce and hot oh, wings man. and stuff. I don't, I don't yeah. need that. Do you like hot wings? Not really. I need to just say yes. I love Let's hot food. Let's define hot things yes. first. Right. Yeah, yeah, we need to get you a hot sauce sponsor. We've worked on it. Haven't haven't made much headway, but we've tried. Yeah. We're working on it. So the well, outlaws, the outlaws have their kind of halfway brand of hot sauce. So that that's worked out for us. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. We'll do some. We should do some recruiting. Yeah. There's got to be somebody out there. Well, speaking of hot, we are here in Florida, and it's quite warm. So, t talk about your speed week so far. Yeah, it's been way better than last year. That's for sure. Um, I think we we did take a provisional the very first night. So. Didn't start our outlaw tour off last year very good, but we've been really fast this year. I feel like, um, you know, end of 2022, we ran second at, at World Finals and then started the beginning of last year, kind of how we unloaded and we were god awful every night we, every time we hit the racetrack. So kind of refreshing. Um, Tuesday here when you practice is, is unique, I feel like, because you're really never racing around cars. So it's hard to get your car right. You can almost dial yourself out trying to make laps and trying to go as fast as you can on a slick racetrack. So, um, you know, kind of Tuesday was almost a night where you just make sure nothing falls off, make sure everybody kind of is in their groove. Again, we have a new new car chief this year, Bob Curtis. He's done a great job. So um, nice to, to be able to time good. We've had two different engines in and they both run really well. So what's like your mentality about speed weeks? Like, is it kind of an outlier where I, some of the things with like the sandy tracks and stuff like that doesn't necessarily apply to the rest of the season, but do you view it as kind of an opportunity maybe to knock the cobwebs out or how do you view like speed weeks? Yeah, for sure an outlier. I think not going to Australia hurt me a little bit. Um, you know, after two or three sessions, you kind of get back in the groove of things. I've been racing long enough where I've kind of figured it out by now and things have slowed down, but it's kind of one of those things where I feel like you're not going to win the championship at Florida, but you can definitely leave here in a really big hole if you have a couple DNFs like we did last year. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where if you run really good, it's kind of like, yeah, good job. And if you suck, it's kind of like, yeah, good job. So there's not really nothing you can, you can hurt coming here. But like you said, the tracks are very sandy. This is the only place we come in Florida. So here in Charlotte are, are similar in, in, in some ways being just very silty kind of shitty dirt with not a lot of grip. So um, there are two places you have to be fast at, obviously to go win the championship in Charlotte, but some places you kind of set aside. And there's quite a few cars here. This is like the most cars I think they said since 2008, 45 cars. So I know you get to take a provisional, obviously, because that's unlimited for you guys yep. here at Volusia. But still, I mean, to have a field this big, what does that kind of show you about you know where sprint car racing is at right now? I mean, I've always said that this race and, and World Finals are two of the toughest races to make. You have everybody here. They're really not missing any good cars other than really McFadden's the only guy I think that that's not here that could win a race. So um, it really kind of, you know, tests you to see see how good you are and, and to get in dashes is absolutely crucial. You're not going to not gonna win a race from outside the dash, that's for sure. Yeah, so we were actually um, talking with Jason Persley yesterday, non-wing sprint car racer, and he kind of emphasized like qualifying, something that he wants to work on, and just talking about that in the wing sprint car realms, obviously pill draw can really kind of make and break your night. Um, how do you feel like that is here, especially at Volusia with you know, everybody's so fast, you know, um, how that affects your night. Well, I mean, on, uh, on Wednesday, I drew a one in the dash and ran fourth in the main. And last night I drew an eight in the dash and ran fourth. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> it's one of those things where 
if you can't win from from eighth, then you're probably not good enough to win anyway. If you're if you're praying for the one pill, then you probably know your car is not good enough to pass anybody. So I don't know, being in the dash, just getting those extra six laps to see if your car is any good. Sometimes you put a little bit more fuel in to kind of see how your car reacts in your fuel load, or you just try to go gain a row. So um, just just getting the laps and that one extra time on on the racetrack, because typically from your heat race straight to your feature, you're you're sitting for an hour and a half, two hours. So the track changes a lot. Sometimes they work it between that time. So like I said, just to stay on the racetrack in that time really helps. Yeah. So going into tonight obviously ran wild the past couple nights um, and running for the World of Outlaws points championship what is your goal um, ahead of the game as you go throughout the night tonight I think DNFs are something you just have to minimize um, the worst thing I could probably do right now is look at points you know being this early in the season counting your counting your chickens before they hatch but um, you know I think we, we have a really good car just the, the biggest thing now is just keep plugging away and keep doing what we've been doing so I want to talk about your rookie season a little bit I know we've talked about it before been a big topic you know finishing fourth in the standings last year do you feel like you came in maybe with a little more pressure this week now that people know how good you are <laughs> I don't know if it's pressure um someone kind of told me that they felt like my you know points run last year was one of the quietest fourth place finishes in in the outlaws history but I don't know I mean we, we definitely didn't win a lot that's for sure I feel like we had quite a few chances to win um I don't know I've just I've not really been one to to try to you know rebound press clippings but I feel like we, we've been fast I have you know a decent amount of experience before I got in the outlaw tour won a handful of races and um, felt like I was really ready to take on the outlaws I mean you look at Landon Crawley you know he's had zero 410 experience and and he's gotten a trial by fire but he's done a phenomenal job you know starting up front like that you, you kind of have to expect to, to back up and go backwards just because dirty air here is is so so gnarly and so tough to kind of you almost have to anticipate where the car is going to be before it actually gets there so um, he, he's done a great job he's got nothing to hang his head about just just making a dash and qualifying good like he's done so um, I don't know like I said I feel like I was ready to go on the outlaw tour last year and, and learned a lot um, definitely got better throughout the year which is really all you could ask for but this year we're starting off a lot stronger than last year so like you mentioned you felt prepared to come on the outlaw tour but why last year like what came together last year that you were like okay it's it's time to take this step I think you know financially for the race team was a big part of it with the tow money and the pit passes and the perks you get when you race a, a, an 80 race season and you're you're buying five pit passes a night that it adds up really quickly so mm -hmm. some of the numbers with tires and stuff are, are very very you know huge at the end of the season with your budget and what the outlaws provide with advertisement and when you talk to a sponsor and they say you know you talk about sprint cars and they say oh hey world of outlaws it's it's a brand for sure that helps you get sponsors and just brand recognition is huge in this game with with t-shirt sales helping with the race team and everything really just kind of the the whole goal of, of my life is to win a world of outlaws championship and that, that's why i'm here so do you still feel like a rookie or do you feel like that's behind you and you're like a little established now you know i really didn't feel like a rookie last year just having so much outlaw experience i'd run probably 60 or 70 outlaw shows up to that point but um i don't know all the guys have treated me with a lot of respect and raced me really hard so i i feel like the the respect i give is what i'm, I'm given to yeah speaking of respect something else i wanted to ask you about cool moment when you asked Donnie Schatz a question, a couple <laughs> questions there at media day. It was really cool. I thought he gave you such a thoughtful answer when you asked him about, you know, winning championships and, you know, how he was telling you that first one is the hardest and, you know, the rest are all, I think he called it gravy. Yeah. But did you take that advice to heart or what, what was kind of like your reaction to that? I mean, if I could win one hard one and nine gravy ones, I would take that. But I don't know, Donnie's been someone I've looked up to for a long time. You know, he, uh, on the West Coast swing with the Outlaws, he would always stay at my dad's shop in Fresno. So been around that team a long time. Scuba's been there for, I don't even know how long, and he's the crew chief now when Rick Warner was there. Bob Curtis actually worked there for a while too. So a team I've looked up to, Tony Stewart has stayed at our shop before. And, um, you know, it, it means a lot that a guy like that could very easily blow me off and kind of just laugh about it and, and not answer the question. But um, to, to answer that the way he did and, and 
give a really thoughtful answer, I felt like, in, in, in your words. But um, I don't know. Like I said, Donnie's a guy I look up to. Him and Daniel Lasowski are two of the guys I feel kind of have a similar driving style. Mm -hmm. and, and for Donnie to win 300 million races or whatever he's won and, and still want to do it and still race as hard every single night as he did 20 years ago means a lot to me. And someone I really look up to, and it means a lot to, to guys like him. And, and Damian Gardner a handful of nights ago kind of talked to me after a heat race. And um, just when those guys talk to me and give me advice, it makes me feel like they, they want to see me succeed. Yeah. Well, Donnie even kind of said that when his response like he was like I know you're gonna win one like he has that confidence in you that's that's got to feel cool absolutely and and I know I, I try to you know when you see the 15 car you know that he's not gonna run you into the wall he's not gonna race you you know dirty he's gonna race you hard and, and probably drive by you but that that's about the, the most you're gonna get from him yeah. yeah so to go kind of more on a personal note a little bit you know you mentioned your dad a handful of times and I'm sure growing up uh, you got this question a lot but obviously your dad, highly successful drag racer, you're racing the World of Outlaws, circle track. What kind of led you to go this path? Daniel Soski was a huge part of it. Um, you know, so in drag racing, there's really no path for young racers other than junior dragsters, which really don't teach you a whole lot. Um, you can't really do anything until you're 16 years old. So my dad's thought was with dirt racing, we could race go-karts and micro sprints. And then at, at age 16, if we wanted to transition back into drag racing, we always could. Mm -hmm. And just the way our path took us when we were, you know, in, in our, our teenage years, you know, sprint car racing had a path that really seemed like it was going to be a career path for us. So we stuck with drag race or stuck with dirt track racing, excuse me, but I was actually just watching the Bradenton first round. So oh, yeah. um, I love drag racing. Anytime I can go to the races, I'll go for sure. But um, I feel like drag racing is, is pretty much tied for me with, with dirt racing is, is the most exciting sport for sure. So um, I love it anytime I can go. And, and, and if I ever get the chance to step in one, I, I probably would. Yeah. No. So aside from that, obviously uh, you dabbled in late models and ARCA a little bit. Yep. Um, and you had said that you wanted to go NASCAR racing. Obviously, you're here at World of Outlaws race tonight. What is that adjustment and like maybe your goals and dreams have evolved over time? I can tell you this is where I want to be the rest of my life for sure. So um, I, I, you know, put it lightly, I, I sucked pretty bad in the pavement side of things. I, I don't know if it was something I, my, my heart wasn't quite into, but when I found myself, you know, at an ARCA race watching Dirt Vision on my phone, I, I kind of realized that this wasn't the path I wanted to go. And at the time, Toyota was really supportive of it. They gave us some 410 engines to run shortly after that and um, still have, have friendship with those guys. But it just didn't didn't fit me. I feel like I'm, you know, kind of a, an outgoing person. Don't really be like to told, don't really like to, you know, be told what to do. So yeah. um, sprint car racing is the best place to do that. So the guys I race for now are awesome. I really enjoy racing with them with KCP and um, have become really good friends. It's my, my fourth year running the car and time has flown by. So, um, you know, I, I really enjoy where I am and, and, and being happy is, is a big part of it too. Yeah. Well, I get to cover drag racing a little bit. And so I have one other question about that. Have you ever gotten to like warm up a top field dragster? You know, with uh, with Austin racing now full time and, and getting a ride in Robert Heights car, I'm gonna try to talk him into doing that. I don't want to touch anything. I just want to <laughs> sit there. You you do everything, and I'll just sit there and, and let it idle. So. Yeah, man, it's intense. Like going to those races, and you walk by the pits, and they're warming them up, and yep. like all the the air is like I've teared up so yeah, many times. Like yeah. it's it's an intense feeling. So how does your brother fit into this? Because he obviously is a sprint car racer. So yeah, so he's actually flying to Tampa today. He's gonna take James and. Spot McFadden's visa got messed up or not approved, so he's going to race the Roth car at East Bay and I believe Golden Isles as well. So, um, you know, he, he's been super supportive over my career. I think sometimes he's happier when I win than, than I actually am. So, um, you know, he kind of, in a way, you know, paved the way for me with my dad's race team, with me and micro sprints and getting motors and cars and stuff figured out kind of when I was already ready to step into a fast race car. So, um, you know, he drove for Roth, I drove for Roth. We've taken a very, very similar step. And with him having two kids now and being married and being in my mom's business, kind of 
you know, it was time for him to, to you know, be an adult, sort of, I guess you could say, and kind of go home and, and take over the family businesses and stuff, which I, I know he enjoys being home with his kids and stuff, but he always wants to race out here for sure. Yeah, you mentioned he gets, you know, maybe more excited than you do. I don't know if this, I'm sure this is typical across the board for racers, but do you feel like you're pretty hard on yourself when it comes to, yeah. even if you won, you're like, I could have done this and this and this different? For sure, I can I can tell you I've never run a perfect race or a perfect lap even for that. So um, definitely being my 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 own you know worst worst critic is uh, is tough sometimes. It's hard to you know feel satisfied I guess when you win a race, but um, I feel like I'm I'm kind of on the verge of, of being in that top three to top five every night. So once I get there, you never know. I mean, look at Donnie Schatz. Obviously, he's not happy with with he's you know shouldn't say he's not happy, but he's not done with his career yet. You know, he's won like I said hundreds of races, Knoxville. Gold Cup, National Open, you name it, he's done it. So um, for him to still be out here, either that means there's something wrong with him, or, or he actually, you know, just wants to win as many races as he can. Yeah. So well, that's the, that's really the big difference between like settling for something and just being average, or like really wanting to be one of the greats and always pushing for more, even if you are winning. So with that, you know, as far as like preparation goes, and you know, all that goes into racing, like so many different variables. Are there certain like maybe like mental preparation aspects you do, or like physical? Like, do you work out, or how do you prepare for? A, a race yeah workout for sure peloton's actually become a, a big part of my life i know the the all the lovers of kendall tool and and all the, the peloton workout <laughs> girls and guys so um plug. yep exactly yep i should get a sponsorship from that yeah. yep exactly so peloton. yep i actually started started talking to a sports psychologist um middle of last year and i feel like just he he didn't know anything about racing and, and he's uh, he's helped me quite a bit just getting kind of a an outside viewpoint on things when i explain something to him you know a heat race or a feature he'll stop me and say so what what exactly is a heat race or a feature you know so being able to explain that to someone new and given a whole outside you know perspective that he has on it has helped for sure um but man these, these guys are so mentally tough i feel like now especially we have all the same equipment if you can get yeah. one or two percent better you know on the mental side of things and not make one or two mistakes in the race you're going to win that race yeah well that's like when i talk to whether i'm talking to co-workers or friends or whatever or just in general like the technology and the quality of equipment just over the past five years has evolved so much For sure. and everybody has good stuff so yeah, really what it comes down to i mean the driver still mattered like 10 years ago but it makes it, it's an even bigger differentiator yeah. now For sure. so well, doing was, all that you can yeah no i was that was actually one thing i was going to ask you is like when it comes to obviously this 86 race season it's famous for you know the gruel and yep. grueling grind how do you mentally survive that you know like last year how did you mentally survive that and then this year do you feel maybe more prepared for that just kind of night in night out making sure you're not too hard on yourself i think the biggest thing is is the support system with the race team matt barbara and, and brett nearing being the owners they uh matt's worked on race cars for a long time and and when we left florida the first time to come back we we sat down me him my crew chief and, and just looked at the film and said how, how do we get better it wasn't pointing the finger it wasn't you're an idiot or, or we need to fire somebody it's how do we get faster next time we come down here because we're coming to the same racetrack and we started on the pole actually that time running second and, and broke a crank trigger. So um, really came back, didn't get the result we expected or, or we wanted, but we were substantially faster the next time than when we were the first time. So um, I don't know, I think the biggest thing is leaving the, the night behind you, whether you've won or whether you've run 20th. You know, you, you, you win last night, the track doesn't know you anything tonight. We're all on an even playing field now. So um, just, just not dwelling on, on a bad night or a dumb mistake you might make. I think the worst thing you can do is, is not let those nights go. What's, what's one of your favorite racing memories so far that you've made, whether it was last year with the Outlaws or just in general, like a kind of career-defining moment? Um, you know, for me, anytime you can win at Knoxville, whether it's a local show or the 360 Nationals or, or even starting on the pole, the 410 Nationals is really cool to, 
do the parades and just the small autograph sessions you get to do being the pole sitter was really cool um you know knoxville is my favorite racetrack and, and one i really want to win at again um you know winning at home in tulare two years ago was really cool being in front of a hometown crowd winning an outlaw show so anytime you can win at home with like i said the hometown crowd is really cool yeah so forecasting and asking you some goals maybe in the future what's <coughs> geo Selzy's five year and ten year plan we're getting into it <laughs> yeah I, I i hope to be right here um <laughs> you know the outlaws i feel like are in in the best spot i've ever seen them with the crowd we had on wednesday blew me away for yeah. sure so um normally you know be having the all-star shows we had the last couple of years it's a little bit lighter on on tuesday wednesday and it kind of picks up on thursday but you would have thought wednesday was a friday saturday show so mm -hmm. um the, as much as they're doing with dirt vision and the people they brought in i'm really proud to be part of their, their organization yeah. and you know you mentioning that this is where you want to be you know i talked to you about this last week at or a couple weeks ago at media day but your move you know from california to iowa right yep. okay yep. iowa to be with you know kcp racing I feel like that just kind of shows like how committed you are to this and you know being closer how much of an advantage it is to be close to the race team just what was that change like for you to you know go from california to midwest yeah it was huge so the two years before i raced for kcp i lived in indianapolis with bernie stubgen on the 71 car and and uh worked in the shop worked on that race car all the time and um you know it, it was one of those things where i'm i'm you know up at 8.39 in the morning, servicing the race car and racing that night. So um, it, it wasn't really a sustainable option to, to be fast. We won a handful of races and, and we're really fast, but to, to compete with Donnie Schatz and David Gravels and Brad Sweet, you have to be fresh and be able to sleep and get your rest and work out and focus on the mental and physical side of things, not worrying about running the valves or working on a race car or, or washing the race car at night for that matter. So KCP, the, the first two years, again, we were down a crew guy and I was kind of a bounce around guy took care of the engines and stuff and and my crew chief now adam clark has really stepped up and and now we have three full-time guys like we had last year and it's kind of weird not having to work on the race car still but um I, I appreciate the work they put in and me being able to focus on my mental you know health and and, and physical health i feel like has, has made me step up as a driver personally was that a big change for you or were you just used to traveling and competing you know or was it you probably California. felt like you were taking a vacation, honestly. Man, I'm done vacation right now, it seems like. So those guys, they work their asses off, and them having to stay up late is something I really appreciate. So, um, yeah, not having to wash at night, not having to get up in the morning is very nice. I can, yeah. I can promise you that. No, I understand. Um, That's why I'm like, yep. oh, he's probably more relaxed, you know, yep. in tune, and yep. so I can empathize. Only yeah. problem is now there's no excuse why I don't run good. I can't yeah. say I'm tired or I had to work. Yeah. It's just you suck. So. Exactly. <laughs> yep. But I think it shows, like, it's always great to have, like, a good support group and like foundation to rely on and so you like emphasize on that and For so sure. that's and a big they get it my crew guys understand that yeah. you know sleep is one of the most important things you know there, there's a lot of nights where you drive three four hours overnight in my t-shirt trailer and, and you're still getting to bed late but yeah. um th those guys get it they 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 love doing it and they, they wouldn't have any other way so who are you outside of outside of racing? Oh, there's not much to me outside racing, that's for sure. I, uh, I'm buying a house in, in Iowa was really cool, so I like to spend time at home. Um, having your own place is something that is uh, <coughs> still kind of new for me, um, that's for sure. Not living at home and not living in a hotel room. You know, hotel rooms all kind of run together and look the same when you're running on the road. So anytime I can get home, I really enjoy it. Um, love playing golf. Um, my, my car owner is a big golfer. There's some beautiful golf courses around Iowa. but. Other than racing, there's not really much I do, that's for sure. That's a, It's so funny. In, in like Supercross and everything, all those guys, they play golf. We were talking yep. to Jade Avedizian. She golfs. I'm like, what, what is with all the racers golfing? Well, it's a mental game. It is. It, yeah. I mean, I think sometimes the harder you try in golf, the worse you get, and it's the same thing oh. in racing. You know, the yeah. harder you race, you make more mistakes. So, um, you know, it seems like the, if I take two or three months off golf and go play, I play the best round of my life. Then when I start <laughs> trying to practice shit and figure things out, I get worse and then yeah. quit for two more months. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it is fun. I think it's such a, a uh, social sport as well. You know, you can bullshit. 
um, you know, make deals with, with sponsorship and stuff. So yeah. um, it is, is very closely related to racing in a weird way. Yeah. So the mental agility and, you know, we talked before, it is like a business. A big business thing. Sure. Big, yeah, B2B happens on the golf course. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Actually, when my dad, in 1997, when he got a Winston sponsorship, they were ready to seal the deal, and, and the owner of RJ Reynolds Tobacco Company said, you know, Gary, do you play golf? My dad said, why the hell would anybody want to go play golf? He thought he was kidding, and, and the guy said, well, we do a lot of business deals, you know, yeah. in golf. So he went to Walmart, bought a, you know, $150 set of clubs and said, I'll learn how to golf tomorrow. Yeah, so. that's why my dad was like really big on like my siblings and I playing golf. So yeah. I actually had golf clubs before I had a race car. Yep. So I'm so not in this. <laughs> I've yeah. only been we mini golfer. We'll that's it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you can drive the golf cart. <laughs> hey, I, I'll, I'll love that. I'll love that. Um, last thing, what's one thing about this sport and being a driver, you know, in this, at this level that people, that you feel like people don't understand? Um, one of the things that still kind of catches me off guard sometimes is, is the, the amount that, you know, kids and, and fans look up to you. Um, you know, if you get out of the car and you throw your helmet or, or you know, kick and stomp like a little kid, people are always watching you. Um, and I think how you carry yourself in interviews as well. I think, you know, kids, kids idolize racers in general and, and something you kind of have to realize that, you know, how people view you is, is huge. I mean, you know, there's one thing not caring what people think, but I think in, at the same point, carrying yourself in, in a, you know, professional manner and, and with whether you have your dad owns a car or, or big corporate sponsors, it doesn't really matter. I think how, how those people view you, whether they, they cheer for you, whether they boo for you, I mean, anytime you can get them involved is good. Yeah, somebody's always watching. For sure, yeah. for sure. All right, well, next time I see you, or if I see your dad, I do expect an answer. <laughs> I promise you he will have some kind of answer. I need to, I need to call him back and ask I'm him. telling you, the hot sauce nickname just stuck with me and I was like, I gotta find out why. So now yeah. I feel like it's becoming a weird obsession that yep. I'm like, why is why is this the nickname? Yep, it's stuck, that's for sure. <laughs> it so. sure has. Well, thank you so much for no spending worries. time with us today. We appreciate it. And that yeah, was thank a fun you guys. Conversation. So no that concludes episode four of On The Drive.